Today, two respected journalists in business aviation talk about the biggest news items from a year unlike any before. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is a special edition of Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Now, it's probably an understatement to say this year brought many new developments in business aviation. And to discuss some of the topics that shaped our industry throughout 2021, I'm pleased now to welcome Carrie Lynch, Senior Editor with Aviation International News, and Molly McMillan, Managing Editor for Business Aviation for the Aviation Week Network. And Molly, I'd imagine it's been pretty exciting for you and Carrie to report on how business aviation has continued to evolve over the past 12 months. It's been a very interesting year, Rob. You're absolutely right. When you know, when you think back, the business aviation industry was coming out of a decade of stagnation and oversupply from the past recession. And then it, 2019, things were starting to turn up and then COVID hit. And so then manufacturers started cutting back on production and it was a huge question mark of what was going to happen. Certainly there was this big COVID-19 economic shock, but the industry started emerging out of this much faster. One thing was the number of new entrants that started turning to business aviation saying, I want to avoid the crowds. I want a healthier way to fly. And so then you have manufacturers recording higher orders, you know, robust orders, the used industry, they're they're at record lows of inventory right now. Charters and fractional ownership providers reported huge influx of business, which has also led them to try to scale back. They're running out of capacity, so they've scaled back on jet card sales. NetJets has a, a waiting list now with new folks. Flight hours are up over 2019 levels now. And the stock market has been good through the year. There's been a lot of new wealth creation. So you have a lot of things working to give this industry a boost. Well, I'd have to wholeheartedly agree with Molly. I mean, when you look at where we were a year ago and how down the overall general economy was and how much uncertainty there was to see where it is now, where now people are scrambling to meet demand. This industry has never experienced a surge like this ever before. And a lot of people look back to, say, 2008 and nine when everything just fell off a cliff. And it was a totally different recovery. So I would say what she said about the fractionals and jet card sales, suspending sales to a certain extent, particularly with lighter aircraft and the used market inventory, you know, Jeffries just came out with a report saying that there's 2.2% inventory available of um, young aircraft. And I think it's something like 3.2% overall for available inventory. I mean, these are historic lows. So I think it's causing the industry to rethink how it's approaching things, because you have to adapt to rapid change to high demand in ways you never did. And of course, there's all sorts of challenges that are coming with it. People in industry almost hate to complain about over demand. It's very important that the industry presents its best foot forward to all these new entrants that Molly had referred to. 
if you can't meet the supply or give a safe service, then it's going to impact on the industry long term. To build on what Carrie said with the used market, that's just been an incredible thing. The inventory is just at record lows. And every time that there's a a new report come out about used inventory, it's even lower. And, you know, brokers report that there are a lot of aircraft that never make it to the market before they're sold. And it's just an incredible time. Pricing has gone up with that, used pricing, and then there, there are reports that the manufacturers also have been able to get better pricing, not having to discount as much, which is a good thing for the manufacturers. So it's been a good time to be a manufacturer, and I suppose it's a good time to sell your airplane, kind of like housing. I, I guess I would equate the used aircraft market with the housing market, where there's more demand than supply. So that brings a different aspect to the market, which has been unusual. As Carrie pointed out, after the 2008-2009 recession, people were putting their aircraft on the market. And then, too, one thing that COVID, I think, has done is give the whole industry a more positive image because the the business aviation industry has had a trouble with kind of a negative image, you know, you're polluting and that sort of thing. Whereas as studies have shown business aviation is a tiny bit of the total CO2 that's emitted, but that's another conversation. But anyway, because you're having people now, you want to provide this corridor of health. So I really do think that it's improved the image of the whole industry. This was really a year for business aviation to shine. And actually, since the pandemic, I mean, from the very early on where we could fly humanitarian missions and get supplies going, but it also took advantage of how people started changing their habits. So, you know, you referred to people not wanting to fly on airlines and instead wanting to step on business aviation airplane so they could have the health and the security and the privacy and that feeling of safety where before they didn't. There are numbers that have been out there that only a tiny fraction of people who can afford business aviation are actually using it. So this is really started to tap into it. You have first-time buyers of aircraft showing up at brokers saying, I have $50 million. What aircraft can I buy? And they're not understanding mission and age of aircraft and the fact that they might have to get it in a place like Russia or China rather than in the U.S. And so there's a whole education process that has to go with it. The other thing that's kind of changing is not only are they having to manage demand, but they're having to manage how they bring people into the industry. And what I mean is they have to have the workers They have to have the pilots. They have to have the ground handlers, the maintainers. They have to really address a whole workforce issue that everyone thought went away with COVID, but really never did go away. It was a problem in 2019. It was becoming a big concern because the airlines were taking from business aviation. And then it got quiet and airlines laid off and people were like, we've got people to tap into to backfill, but it's all coming back so quickly for business aviation and it's coming back for the airline. So they're going to need their people too. So this is something, how are we going to meet this demand? How are we going to change? And most importantly, how are we going to do it safely? So this is what's going to keep everyone up at night. 
We'll have more on some of this year's biggest news stories for business aviation and what those developments may hold for 2022 in just a moment. But first, this message from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, the latest digital edition of your magazine is ready. Just visit nbaa.org insider and all the latest intel will be in your hands. We're back now with Carrie Lynch from Aviation International News and Aviation Week's Molly McMillan. And something I found interesting this year, Molly, has been watching how aircraft manufacturers are responding to the surge in demand for new business aircraft. I think we're kind of waiting and seeing on that. But one hindrance to that might be if they can spool up their supply chain, you know, which it's tough to do because those are long-term contracts. And the suppliers also are having a workforce problem, as are the manufacturers, because with COVID, you know, they furloughed workers and that. And then a lot of the suppliers are also suppliers to commercial aviation, and they've had an effect from the Boeing 737 MAX issue. So spooling those folks up is also a problem. And it was a particular issue because when COVID started hitting, there were a lot of layoffs uniformly. And when you lay people off, some of them will be available when you return, but many of them didn't. It led to legislation, Oh, I think it was last spring that got passed, that provided um, some assistance to help retain and cover what they call at-risk workers, workers that may be vulnerable to losing their jobs because of it. So throughout the supply chain, and then, of course, it's managing COVID. So even when you do have workers on staff, when they get sick, you have to quarantine and maybe isolate certain areas. I know the supply issue is not just with business aviation. It's globally. I mean, it's in all the headlines, but it certainly hit our industry. Right. I agree with you. And you also made a, a good point about how these new entrants into business aviation is kind of changing the landscape in that manufacturers are saying you have to work with them in a little different way. You have to introduce them to the tax advisors and the broker dealers and the pilots and the maintenance folks. So it's a longer process to engage them and that you kind of have to be more patient in the process because they don't have a background in it. Right. And it also creates a vulnerability, if you will, to activity that shouldn't take place. There's an air charter hotline where people can call in and report what they think is illegal activity. Through the first eight months of the year, I think reports to the illegal hotline had jumped 40% because it's creating a lot of opportunity for people who want to make the quick buck. The, the key thing is, is you want the industry to grow. You want to keep people here. So, and I said this before, but you need to put that best face forward. So top service, but also safe service and service that's all above board. And so there is certainly a concern about that on, on top of being able to, you know, you hear the fractionals just, or you hear the charter operators talking about being able to provide the demand they've already promised to their existing customer base. You look, at cases where people want to buy aircraft and attorneys are saying that depositions are coming up because deals are going bad. So these are all things that the industry has to look at. Some of the other big stories this year too were new products. Gulfstream came out and introduced the G400 large cabin 
jet and also the G-800, 8,000 nautical mile aircraft. Bombardier introduced the Challenger 3500, a replacement for the 350 with an upgraded cabin. Textron introduced some upgrades to the King Air 250 and 350 with the King Air 260 and 360. And they also introduced the Citation M2 Gen 2 and the XLS Gen 2 with cabin improvements. Honda Jet kind of surprised people at MBAA this year with a concept aircraft they rolled out called the 2600 long light jet. And then the Textron's Beechcraft Denali took its first flight November 23rd. So it was a big year for some new introductions. Yeah, and these new products are so important to the growth of the industry because that's what's generating increased demand, new demand, growth demand. And the fact that the industry is investing like this is a good sign. And then there's a whole nother segment that's coming along with that. And that's the eVTOL sector and the electric and the hybrid and, you know, the whole wave of much more environmentally friendly aircraft, which are very important for the future of the industry. Because if they don't evolve and everybody else goes on to more sustainable aircraft, I mean, you're already seeing a lot of flight taming going on in areas like Europe. But interestingly, one of the things that has happened in this industry over the past year, more so than ever before, is the increased investment into it. I mean, you have major investors investing hundreds of millions in different companies such as Jet Edge and you have Wheels Up getting into it. And then you have new acronyms coming in such as SPAC, the Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, which are kind of a backdoor way of going public. And you see it in the emergence of this whole eVTOS sector. And I think the total coming into companies that are in the eVTOS sector for 2021 is just under about 3.4 billion. And you have companies such as Joby, which has been around for a long time now, and Lilium and Vertical, all coming out with designs that are supposed to revolutionize the whole shape of the future of transportation, particularly inner city. And the interesting thing is it shows that Wall Street and major investors really are buying into the sector. They believe in it's true. Maybe a year or two ago, there were a lot of doubters. Will this really happen? But when you look at not only the SPAC companies, but you look at companies like Toyota and Hyundai, and of course, some of the mainstream manufacturers already in the industry, such as Textron and Embraer getting involved in it, it gives it all a validity and it gives it all a lot of substance that this is actually going to come. And there are aircraft that are submitted for type design approvals. The change is coming. It's just when it'll happen and which players will still be around to say they were on it. I don't know if the pandemic helped or hurt, but when you see business aviation growing as a whole and the money it's attracting, and particularly on the charter side. You make some great points on the eVTOL area of business aviation. And then you have like Clay Lacey that's putting in charging stations for electric aircraft. So that's a development toward that part of the market. One of the other things that happened this year is a little bit of a normalization. And we are at a very tenuous time with new variants of coronavirus coming out. 
but you started to see a bunch of events start to return back to live and it took a long time. I think everyone thought that it wouldn't go as far as it is. And I don't think anybody thought that here we're approaching 2022 and we're still worried about creating virtual events, but we did get Oshkosh off. That was one of the first major kickoff events. And it really told the story of how people wanted to get back together. And then of course, MBAA had their first return major event with base in Las Vegas in October. They moved into a new West Hall, but they were able to pretty much sell out their floor space. Now it was a smaller footprint, you know, it wasn't 100% of the exhibitors, but you had a vast majority, at least 75% or more come back. And there was a focus on getting younger people in, which we talked about workforce. And the attendance figures were really strong, certainly among the stronger ones for the first major live show coming back, you know, across industries. And of course, you talked about all the new products and and MBA was was a platform to really showcase a lot of those new products because there was a lot of pent up announcements. I mean, Dassault, when it announced the 10X, it kept waiting for a live venue to announce it and, and there just wasn't any. So they finally announced it virtually and they realized that they could have success with that and they did. But MBA really served as an anchor for it. And then, of course, Dubai happened right on the heels of MBA. Things are still uncertain, but I think the industry and maybe the globe in general is slowly starting to learn how to live with the pandemic with proper precautions in place, of course. It's difficult to see where these new variants, where that will take the industry in 2022. Just seems like people are a little weary of virtual events. <laughs> but, and I think another thing to watch for 2022 will be whether the new entrance into business aviation will stay once things open up again. Of course, with the Omicron variant, uh, things of, you know, international restrictions have tightened up some. And I think to have a full recovery, you have to have the international recovery as well. Right. And it's interesting because, of course, when COVID happened and everything went to Zoom, I never even heard of Zoom before COVID came and everything went to virtual. And the question was raised, is this really going to harm the industry? Or is this going to change how people do business? Because they're all learning that they can do it with their sweatpants on in front of a computer at home. But looking at the attendance at Oshkosh and at MBAA in Dubai, at least in business aviation, but I think it probably speaks to a larger sense that people really do want that in-person connectivity. And so not only does that bode well for events in the future, but it also bodes well for the industry as far as, you know, buying new aircraft, buying used aircraft, taking charter, taking fractionals, flying the aircraft you have. So, you know, by all accounts, when you talk to analysts, they really see this industry keeping on maybe not the hockey stick trajectory that it saw in 2021, but at least a growth trajectory. And even if manufacturers have to be a little more conservative about their estimates for this year, I think in the out years, you're going to see it. Also, pricing 
finally firmed up. And I know, Molly, you mentioned that. And it, that comes after years of bottom barrel deals. So overall, the industry is emerging in a position of strength, which is so different from other downturns. Technology and advancements going on. 2022 should be a pretty interesting year as far as how far we can take it. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's good to point out that some of the forecasters, though, aren't expecting deliveries to reach 2019 levels until 2023 and 2024. It takes, you know, there's a there's a set time between when you take an order and when it gets delivered. And the other thing is how much manufacturers can raise production rates really will rely on their supply chain. So that's the thing to watch. And as Carrie pointed out, the people who can afford private flight um, but are not taking it, that's still a huge number. So those are a lot of new potential customers. And so if money and wealth is still being created in 2022, that will be a real plus for the industry as well. In addition to Molly and Carrie's continuing coverage of our industry, be sure to follow the latest developments in business aviation in 2022 at nbaa.org news and nbaa.org insider. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.